Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. Good morning, everybody. Oh my goodness. Today is Marketing Monday. I cannot believe it. It feels like the weekend was both fast and slow at the same time. And I am super excited today about the topic that we are going to dive into, that I am going to dive into with you. And so I hope that you are just as excited as I am. So we've got, I mean, it's, it's probably about the same amount of content as normal, but I'm going to go ahead and get started. This morning, we're going to be talking about radical authenticity and how you know if you need it or not. But before we get into the how you know if you need it or not part, I wanted to explain a bit about what radical authenticity means. And I guess I should even backtrack and tell you why I refer to it as radical authenticity. I refer to it as radical authenticity because in the business space, in the marketing space in particular, we are running into authenticity or being authentic as like a trite thing. And so I'm like, how can I make people understand that that is not what I am talking about? And so I ended up with radical authenticity. And so one of the things, so I have a few things here for you. So what it means to be radically authentic, one of the things is committing to the internal work first. You cannot be authentic with someone else. You cannot express authenticity if you are not first being authentic with yourself. Now, to that point, what that means, I'm not saying that, you know, unless you're actively working on it, you're being inauthentic because we all do the best we can with what we've got, right? But when you know better, you do better. And it's been my experience in, you know, being able to talk with my clients. It's been my own personal experience, both as a, a soldier who, you know, and I was a sergeant working with soldiers and then, you know, moving into civilian life, that all of us have pieces of ourselves that we have learned to hide for various reasons. Maybe we were exposed to the fact that that piece of ourselves was not welcome right? Or that other people were afraid or, or for whatever reason, or we thought that it wouldn't be welcome. So we suppressed it. So that's some of the internal work that we have to do. And then we have to commit to that and authenticity, living authentically, being radically authentic is as I'm coming to realize it's really a lifelong practice, the same way that you would meditate or that you would do yoga or that you would practice mindfulness. It's I mean, it's almost like an extension of mindfulness in that you would have to be mindful of when you are holding back and then the reasons why you are holding back, right? And so the other thing about radical authenticity is that you recognize that suppression, when you suppress something, you consume way more energy than if you were just to express. And what I mean to that is that expressing who you naturally are it just comes easy to you. It is effortless. When you are suppressing who you naturally are, that takes restraint. That takes a lot of energy. But 
Yes. When you are suppressing something, when you are hiding something, actively restraining something, you are consuming way more energy. You are putting on a facade, a mask. You are consuming way more energy than if you just let it out. So, and this, this is where, this is the intersection, I think, between authenticity and business is there is a cost from a marketing perspective for being so purpose and heart driven. And that cost is that a lot of the marketing strategies and tactics and techniques that we see touted about. And one of my, my best examples of this is the don't turn your social media posts into traps. That is, I believe now live on the blog post as of a week or two ago. So we'll link to it if, if that is the case. And I'm not just remembering editing it and it's not live yet, but I'm pretty sure it is. But that is like that type of spammy marketing where we talked about the four four steps of, of spammy organic marketing. You know, you find, you post something in a group, you friend everybody who engages on it. And then you message all of those people, ask them immediately dive to asking deeply personal questions that they really have no reason to trust you, like trust the answers with to you. So the cost of being so purpose and heart driven is that we just cannot stomach those tactics. Like we can't do it. And so there's a lot of, and the thing is though, and you're like, but I want to be a good business owner. So you might engage in them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. You might engage in them anyway, but usually not for an extended amount of time because you realize you're like this. I just can't do it this way. This is not for me. This is not going to work for me. And so that is kind of the cost because other people whose business passion is not so closely tied to their sense of self. Can execute those tactics and get returns. So you're like, why do they get returns? And I don't. Like, what is going on here? And that's the big problem, I think, is that the numbers say that the tactics work, but we struggle to execute them. You're like, I don't care what the numbers say. This is, I hate this. This is spammy. I don't like this tactic. I don't like this sales approach. I don't, I don't want to post these super salesy things on social media. And the thing is, is it doesn't have to be that way when you work on your marketing and your sales and all of your business relationships from a place of authenticity. Right. So I wanted to share some examples of what is typically holding back my clients from expressing themselves authentically in their marketing and in their business, honestly, in their life. But I just wanted to share. I have three questions, three statement questions that typically come up. So people say there's just so much out there. I don't want to add to the noise. And then, you know, if they're being a bit more honest, they might ask me, like, am I just adding to the noise? There's so much content out there. And so what I'll say is that, have you ever sat at an event and somebody was speaking? And and we can tell this difference now to be like, I'm going to be completely fair, right? There's a difference between educating somebody, right? And let's say you're at a speaking event where somebody is giving a keynote, right? Keynotes typically have a lot of passion behind them for one reason or another. And if you've ever sat in an audience with an amazing speaker who knows how to tap, right? Tap their authenticity. You are sitting there and they would almost have the ability to like move you to tears. This weekend, I had an opportunity to be in a clubhouse room with Les Brown, motivational speaker. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just listening to him. There was no, there were no animations. There was no music, except the host did play a little music on the inside. But like I'm saying, there's no music built into this man's presentation as he's answering questions and stuff. It was very ad hoc off script style. But when he spoke, 
I could tell that he was tapping his authenticity and his conviction. And I didn't need animations. I didn't need dancers or fireworks or all the stuff that we think that we need in order to create amazing content. He leaned into his conviction and his authenticity and his experience. And he shared it with us from that place. And there were hundreds of people in that room. I think the highest number I saw was like six or 700. So are you just adding to the noise? If you are that type of person who's coming from that inauthentic place and you're not sure, I mean, you're probably not even aware that that's what's happening because I didn't realize that that's what I was doing when I was creating from an inauthentic place. But yes, you will just add to the noise if you are not creating something that kind of rings the bell, if you will. And the people who you attract are the people who hear your call based on the way that you put out your content. And to that point, is my content resonating? If you do not put anything out there, first of all, you will never know. You will never know. You won't put it out there so it, can, it can't give you any feedback whatsoever. And you're like, oh, but what if I put it out there? What if, for example, I go live and nobody watches? That's because like, obviously nobody cares about what I want to say. Nobody is paying attention to me. They don't think that I'm worth giving time to. And it's like, really? That's where we want to jump to first? Okay, so in my case, what if I go live and there is zero people watching? What does that mean? Does it necessarily reflect on me? And because I'm moving from this space where my authenticity is a bit stronger, my understanding of my self-worth is a bit stronger, I know that if I am here and nobody else is, they're probably just busy. Like, what about them being just busy? It doesn't have to tie to, to you and what you're saying and the value of what you're saying. What if they are just busy? What if you're going to get a whole bunch of hashtag replays later? What if you'll get comments tomorrow? What if a prospect goes on your profile next week, watches your live stream, and is like, yes, I want to talk to this person? We cannot be sure when the right people will be attracted by the message that we put out, but I can tell you that they will be attracted. You just have to be consistent. All right, and here's a big one. What if someone disagrees or does not like the content that I put out there? Okay, so your content, first of all, should make people disagree. There should be some people out there who don't like it because your content is meant to do two things. Your content should qualify people and attract people. And then your content should disqualify and like repel people. Your content should be strong enough that it does both simultaneously. Why? Okay. How many of you have gotten on a prospect call, like a sales call, discovery call, strategy session, whatever you call it, clarity call. How many of you have gotten on the phone with the wrong type of person? And I don't mean that they're a bad person. They're just the wrong type of person for your business. How many people have gotten on a call and talked to somebody who was not a good fit for what they had? And you can tell me in the comments, but if you've done that, and if you've been in business for any length of time, you probably have your content could have helped that person see that you were not a good fit for them without any direct contact with you. How much time would you have both saved? Time is your non-renewable resource. Opportunity cost, all right? 
Time is your non-renewable resource. And so what that means is that you have to safeguard it. And one of the ways that we can do that is with our content. Oh, Michelle said it. That was Michelle. Michelle said, I asked, okay, how many times have you gotten on a call with someone who's not a good fit? And Michelle said often, right? So that is just something that happens. And so one of the ways that we can safeguard our time is by helping put things in place to help people kind of self-qualify. If you are watching this live stream, if somebody later is watching this live stream and they're like, what is she talking about? You know, this whole authenticity thing, like business is business. It doesn't need to have feelings in it, whatever then obviously I'm not a good fit for them. So yes, I consider myself a great marketing strategist. The people in my network, they're like Ruthie, bomb marketing strategist, but that person would not be for me. And that is okay. Because if they succeed with less emotion in their business, then good for them because that's what they need. They need less emotion in their business. But again, as I say, that is the cost of being so purpose and heart driven. I cannot exist that way. The clients I work with cannot exist that way. And so my content lets you know that, hey, you might be one of those people who can't exist that way and that is okay. There is a way for you. And if you want the more business is business and you know less emotion and whatever, then you would go find a different marketing strategist. And please don't confuse the fact that I infuse emotion and purpose and authenticity in marketing for myself and my clients with, oh, she must not look at data. Because what the data tells me is that when I show up fully, when I show up fully, my engagement, my strategy sessions, the number of clients I have, all of those things go up by the numbers. And then from that emotional standpoint, when I show up fully, I am able to give you guys this energy. Ruthie only got four hours of sleep last night for XYZ reason, but when it's time to do the live stream, she's got the energy for y'all. If I was talking about a topic that I was not passionate about, or I was talking to an audience that I didn't genuinely care about, I would probably just cancel the live stream. (laughs) Let's be real. So the three questions that I put here, am I just adding to the noise? Is my content resonating? And what if someone disagrees or doesn't like it? These concerns typically tie to authenticity at a deeper level, right? At a deeper level, these concerns typically tie to authenticity because when authenticity, and I will also say confidence, but I feel like it's hard to be confident when you don't genuinely believe what it is that whatever it is you're supposed to be confident about, right? So the reason why I think these concerns typically tie to authenticity for the purpose and heart-driven business owner is because... We're asking these questions about what they will think, but that is because they are reflecting what we think. Like, am I just adding to the noise? Is what I have to say even worth putting out into the air? What if somebody disagrees? Somebody might really disagree and maybe it's because I'm wrong. You may be wrong from their perspective, but unless you're doing like two plus two equals five, you'll probably be fine. Actually, to that point, what I want to say, I was talking to my husband about this. If there are people out there who can post about the earth being flat with conviction, you can post about whatever it is in your industry or business or entrepreneurship. You can post that with conviction. If they can, you know, say with 100% belief that the world is flat, you can get out here and be authentic and yourself. 
And look, if there are any flat earthers in my network, obviously I am not for you. So don't don't come over here at Ruthie Bowles because you don't want the smoke today. And so what I want to leave you guys with is this consideration that authenticity is a combination of things. And you again, you have to express it for yourself first. But authenticity is acceptance and courage and vulnerability. And so acceptance that we all have these different parts of ourselves. And so you have to accept that first. But once you accept it first for yourself, you will be amazed at how you can see these other parts in others. You will be amazed at how perceptive you become because you became perceptive with yourself first. And you will be amazed at how much easier it is to speak to your audience because you're tapping into your own emotions. And so therefore you can imagine them better. You can empathize better with your audience. And so your content really comes through. And then for courage, so this is actually a complex math problem, <laughs> a complex made up math problem because courage is actually two other things, right? Or, or there's a precursor to courage. So uh, somebody shared that they, they said, I recently had people questioning why I post so much content and it discouraged me at first. Then I realized I really believe in what I'm doing. So what they say doesn't matter. Yes. And it sounds like to me that you disqualified people. You disqualified people. Those are not the right people for you. And that is okay because now you both can move on. Bless and release, right? All right. Michelle says self-love is the precursor to courage. You are right in that it is an aspect. I would say that self-love certainly ties to the acceptance piece, but this is something I used to say to my soldiers. So before you can feel courage, you have to feel fear. There is no bravery without fear. So I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Before you can feel courage, you have to feel fear. Think about it. Courage is the ability to act in the face of fear. So when you feel fear or reluctance or hesitance, regarding publishing content. Oh, should I really say that? Oh, I'm going to do an interview about this topic. What should I say? When you feel that fear, that is your opportunity to act courageously. That is your opportunity to step into some growth because growth does not happen in your comfort zone. And when you take those opportunities to grow, it is better for you and it is better for your clients. But yeah, courage you have to feel fear in order to feel courage. In order to be brave, you have to be scared. And then vulnerability. And this is why the courage piece comes before the vulnerability. So with acceptance, we accept all of our different pieces of ourselves. And that's like the first step to being able to move forward and be authentic. And then you have to have courage to face those things and be like, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to offer this up to the light, if you will. And then the vulnerability. Okay, I'm going to offer it to somebody besides myself. Because vulnerability is a key component to real relationships. If I call Michelle and I'm like, Michelle, you will not believe what happened. And I just, I just need a voice, somebody to share this with. And I trust Michelle because I've known Michelle for a few years now. And I was like, hey, Michelle, blah, 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 blah. Like you would not believe that this happened like X, Y, Z. I trust Michelle. And so I can be vulnerable with Michelle first before I'm vulnerable, you know, in a live stream. But you always want to create these safe places where you can be vulnerable with people who have earned your trust, right? Because once you do that, 
it kind of reinforces, hey, this is okay. This is normal. It can give you confidence, right? To move forward courageously and and talk about it in content if, if, if that's what you want to do or not. But being vulnerable helps add depth to you as a human. And whether you're B2C, B2B, B2G, D2C, <laughs> business to consumer, business to business, business to government, direct to consumer. That's what all of those stand for. But whether you're any of those, what we all are at our root is human to human, human to human. It is way easier to blow off someone who has no depth to me as a human. It is. It is so easy not to trust somebody who has no depth to me as a human, which is why I make those TikToks out of those spammers in my inbox. If you haven't seen one yet, definitely let me know and I will send you my latest one. It was a good one. So just remember that your authenticity is based on your ability to accept the different parts of yourself, the courage to actually live with all of those parts of yourself instead of burying them, suppressing them instead of expressing them, and then your capability, your capacity for vulnerability to share. Now, I'm not saying overshare, and I have a keynote on radical authenticity and what it is and what it's not and how it applies to business, uh, leadership, marketing, and sales. So if you'd like that, I can uh, just let me know and I'll drop the uh, link in the comments. And so you can understand exactly a bit more about what radical authenticity is because that talk was like 50 minutes long. So I'm not going to re redo it here, but I just want to say thank you so much. So yeah, so that is it for today. And like I said, if you're on Clubhouse, please follow me because I will be speaking two times as well. I'll be co-modding. I'm almost always speaking in a group somewhere, but I'll actually be co-hosting two groups on Wednesday. And if we are more than just like Facebook connections, because I'm connected with a lot of people on Facebook that I don't necessarily know, just same as LinkedIn and, and Twitter and Instagram. But if we actually know each other and you need a clubhouse invite, do let me know. I am happy to send you one. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. Please make sure that you've subscribed and do be sure to leave us a review if you found this episode at all helpful. And if you think it would be a great resource for someone else, be sure to share it with them. See you next time.